What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Now live in the Bank Plus studio, where college football meets the all-lifestyle. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Out of Bounds Show with Bo Bounds. Streaming around the world live at the Out of Bounds radio app and on your radio at ESPN 105.9. The Zone. Woo! Good morning. Welcome in. Out of Bounds, 105.9 The Zone ESPN. Driven by your next Nissan Pathfinder at Canon Nissan in Jackson and the Nissan Rogue. Woo! Canon Nissan in Jackson. I'm your host, Bo Bounds. Bet $50 at the Golden Moon Casino Sportsbook. Play award-winning Dancing Rabbit Golf Club for 30 bucks. So they released the 2024 SEC football schedule. And Ole Miss and Mississippi State, you know, they don't play uh, Auburn or Bama. And they both play Florida. Um, Ole Miss plays Kentucky and South Carolina. Um, Mississippi State plays Texas. It's all, you know, it'll it'll take us a minute to wrap our brain around it. And I think it's fun. I think we needed, they need to do this years ago. We stayed with the West and the East for too long, but that's very collegiate. And we no longer have the West and East divisions. It'll just be the top two. Think about that. Just be the top two teams. Georgia and Bama, Bama and LSU, Bama, Georgia. Could another team, you know, Make a run at it. Would you say that's better or worse for the middle tier SEC team? Worse. Worse. Yeah, because I, I figured, I mean, you wouldn't see another Pinkle, Missouri team. Going to be extremely difficult. In the championship. Houston Nutt and Arkansas. What, yeah. they made three SEC championship games, Jason? Wow. wow. Yeah. Took advantage of the window of opportunity, right? Bam and LSU were down. Houston Nutt's a good football coach. And he, he goes to... Atlanta three times. That's I think insane. I know two, but still. Didn't South Carolina go to? Yes, yeah, Spurrier yeah. went. Uh, well, once or twice, Jason. He won eleven games three years in a row. Eleven games three years in a row, and it's still one of the most unbelievable accomplishments in college football. To take a a program like that that recruits where they recruit and win thirty three games. Say that out loud. Win thirty three games in three years. Wow, man! That, that, now that's a coach that you look back. It's like, yeah, he could probably do it wherever. He could. He won at Duke. He uh, resurrected Florida, and he took South Carolina somewhere that they had never been. It'd be amazing if he really got into recruiting. You know, he wasn't going to throw down and, and pay players and get dirty and, and that type thing. And he was going to recruit in spots, you know, a couple months here, a couple months there. Um, but he was not going to recruit like Saban, Kirby Smart, and and some of these guys, Hugh Freeze, almost everybody now, you know, 
Lane, Lebby, Brian Kelly, Elko, Jimbo, uh, Napier, top five. Now, you know, you've got to recruit 12 months out of the year. Or the... It, you can't spot recruit anymore. You just can't do it. But Spurrier was that good. And look, he laughed at people. I mean, he laughed at Philip Fulmer. Fulmer recruited 20 hours a day. And they pay, I mean, they bought players left and right. And yet, when it came to Tennessee, Florida, he whipped Philip Fulmer all day long. And sometimes blew them out without an NFL quarterback. I mean, Rex Grossman was, what, a backup? Um, Warfel had a cup of coffee. Uh, Shane Matthews was a backup for, give him credit, for 12 to 14 years, right? But Philip Fulmer had Peyton Manning. What does Steve Palazzolo just say? The last run of quarterbacks was Manning, Brady, Breeze, Rodgers. They were all unbelievable for years and years. And Philip Fulmer had Peyton Manning. And, and by the way, Peyton didn't leave after year three. He stayed four years. And Philip couldn't make it to the national title game. That's pretty insane. I know. And but, he, I mean, and he didn't win a Heisman, which is crazy to me too. Yeah. I know Charles Woodson, everything like that. Yeah. But. Well, I could have easily given it to. That was still again the Big Ten, just absolutely dom. The Big Ten in the the Midwest and the Northeast at that time. We've grown so much since 1997 um, down here in the Sun Belt, and the, I mean we're still not population wise where they are, but I mean massive, massive wealth boom, population boom here in the in the Sun Belt. But back then the overwhelming majority of voters were in the Midwest and Northeast, and they still didn't like us. They didn't, I mean, they don't like us now, but they didn't like the fact that we were coming on and that Bama had won it in 90. You know, we went all the 80s without winning a cha- I'm sorry. Bama won it in 80. No, no, no. Georgia did. Sorry. Georgia won it in 80, and that's it, Jason. So I want you to think about that, SEC dominance. From 81 to 89, we didn't win a national championship. Then we didn't win one in 90. We didn't win one in 91. And Gene Stallings won one in 92. They didn't like that. He beat the 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 team that well, a lot of people loved. Miami, flashy and, you know, trash talkers and offense. And Stallings decided to win like a three to two game. It wasn't that low, but you know what I'm saying. And then we flipped back in 96 and Florida won it. Yeah. And then in 98, Tennessee won it. Okay. And then, obviously, Saban would win it in 03, and then Urban comes back and wins two for Florida, you know, and now it's game on. Well, they don't like – they grew up it, – it was it was, it was was four teams, man. It was Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, Notre Dame. That's who they wanted to be, the the darlings and and all of that. Um, So, it, it's just crazy what Spurrier won with Danny Warfel. Say that out loud. Doug Johnson. <laughs> you know, Rex, look, they tripped over. They 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 had a loss that year. I mean, Rex, that Rex Grossman team in what, 01? They, they should have, that was a team. They just probably didn't recruit quite enough, but had, had some players. So, anyway, um, now Florida, you don't even remember probably Florida being dominant, do you? Oh, I do. Do you remember the urban years? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. I remember the whole Tebow everything because he was. I, I remember watching. I think the first Heisman that I really paid attention to 
was whenever he was trying to go back-to-back and Sam Bradford won it. So that's the first Heisman that I really sat down and was like, let's go Tebow, win number two. Right. And then Sam Bradford won it. Then Sam Bradford went to the Vikings. And you loved him. Uh, I liked it, but he wasn't that good. Well, also, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, well, he couldn't stay. He wasn't. That Oklahoma system was amazing that yeah. Leach had put into place and many... The big chubby guy... Um, I, I got Mingione in my name, but he's the number one assistant at Mississippi State. Anyway, he went on to Kansas and 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 was a uh, was a head coach. But uh, Sam Bradford was one of those last guys that signed like a forty forty five million dollar deal as the number one pick until they redid the rookie contracts. Right, right. And he got a boat, truck, load, five semis worth of cash. Mangino right? was who you were thinking Mangino. about. Mangino. Yeah. I, I, I was thinking Mangione. We talked guy. about Mangino. He took Kansas to the Orange Bowl. Are you kidding me? Yeah, what? <laughs> it's like Jim Grove taking Wake Forest to the to the Orange Bowl. Goodness gracious. But, um, yeah, Sam Bradford was supposed to be, you know, all these guys were supposed to be awesome. Mm-hmm. And, like, he he's not even close to, like, I mean, look at what Dak Prescott's done the last eight years. Incredible career. Um, I mean, two is still trying to get there and but but he's from Alabama and he's a first round pick so what do you get more runway more of a pass right Jalen Hurts if Dak would have played like that Sunday night what do you call them shouty shows the shouty shows would have lost their minds I like shouty shows I love shouty shows shouty shows that works shouty shows All right, we've got a uh, a heck of a guest coming up Randall Agee Played offensive line at Southern Miss. He played with who? Nick Mullins, who's in the NFL. And he played under Todd Monken, too. We're going to visit with him at 930. Randall Agee, former offensive lineman at Southern Miss. This is going to be fun at 930. Randall Agee, former offensive lineman at Southern Miss. Uh, when they were winning. And he played high school ball in New Orleans. Three seasons with Nick Mullins, who is Jason's favorite player, or one of his favorite players in the NFL. Uh, was a phenomenal quarterback at Southern Miss. And um, played for Todd Monken. Current Ravens OC was with Georgia last year. Jason. Uh, Mike Bobo replaced him at Georgia when uh, Todd Monken went to the Baltimore Ravens. You think they're having a good year? Yeah, what? Whoa. You think he's built his way up, too? Golly, man. Baltimore looks good. I mean, from Southern Miss to Georgia, got himself a ring. He got out of there in one year, I think. I'm pretty sure it was a one-off. Yeah. One year. And, uh, or maybe that was, because Fedora stayed too. You know, I had dinner with Fedora his first year. Uh, we went to a steakhouse. Um, man, that guy had paws for, for, uh, for hands. Um, we were both having a bourbon and he wrapped his hand around the, the whiskey glass. And it, it like wrapped around three times, Jason. What? (laughs) Yeah. And he works out like a, 
a maniac. You know, I mean, he's ripped. Um, you talking about an intense dude? That that guy's intense. Eating a steak dinner, like he looks at it like, you know, I'm, I'm You're going it, down. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I, I enjoyed being around him. He doesn't, and it was early in his career. It's probably a table of six. Uh, interesting guy. He had come in, Jason, I think from Oklahoma State and Mike Gundy's offensive coordinator. Yeah. And uh, what did he parlayed that into what? The North Carolina job, I think. But I think he was bang, bang two years. Was Todd Monk in one year at Southern Miss? At, so at Southern Miss, he was three. No. Okay. So Larry was maybe one or two. I mean, I know, I know Ellis Johnson went one in barbecue. He went 0 and 12. Right. Yeah. All right. Uh, and then actually, Munkin was two years at Georgia. So I'm at Southern Miss. Right. Right. But earlier you said that it, was he one and done at Georgia. He was actually he did two. He won. In he won both national championships exactly. before going to the Ravens. Right. Okay. All right. Um, what year was he at Southern Miss or years? So he was hired in 2012, and then he was there from 13, 14, 15. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. The Out of Bounds Show, ESPN 105.9 The Zone. Um, Randall Agee's last year at Southern Miss, they went 9-5. and five. And um, you got down here, Jason. He was the running backs coach at Mississippi Gulf Coast? At Gulf Coast, yeah. Dude, they've had some teams down there. He's won a junior college national championship Okay, as a coach. Wow. So that that's pretty big. <laughs> All right, so there you go. That's awesome, man. I look forward to having. I thought Ben Beckwith. You know, we we need to give the the dudes in the trenches more love. Exactly. And that's what you and I decided. Yeah, some hogs. We're going mommies. to get some hogs. Yeah. Okay. No. We doubt. had Ben Beckwith, who played in the interior of the offensive line in the SEC, and walked on from Benton Academy to Mississippi State to five bowl games. Really. Team captain. Good friends with Dak Prescott, helping Dak's foundation um, raise money uh, to fight cancer. Uh, Ben's Twitter is at bbeckwith66. You can buy a raffle ticket, maybe win an amazing trip to go over to the Cowboys. I mean, they got tickets and rooms, and then there's other things that you can win under that helmet and balls signed by by none other than um, one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Um the last, whatever it is, seven years, Dak Prescott, who has carried a franchise that has struggled since 1995. Woo! That that helmet right there is pretty, though. Don't you think that silver is pretty, Dallas Cowboys? That is. That, yeah. It's one of the prettier ones. Yeah. I, I do like that. It's the, the star gets a lot of people going, whether it's hate or love or oh, whatever it is. Oh, it gets a lot is. of people going. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It, 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 gets, it definitely gets a lot of people going. So, Randall Ag, I, we're going we're gonna to talk to another hog, another dude. In the line of, we're, we're going to, Jason and I committed to booking a ton of linemen. All right. <laughs> Dudes that, you know, uh, they make it happen. You know what I'm saying? The no nasty doubt. part of the game. Somebody's got to do it. Dudes that put their hand in the ground, fire off the football. Whew. I mean, that's why everyone loves a big man touchdown. You never get much love. Kind of like when Will Levis almost hurt himself trying to tackle that. 
Yeah, that dude. Yeah. That was a terrible idea. Uh, yeah, I, you know it looked bad. Like it looked awkward the way he. And by the way, Will Levis for our listeners, um, he needs to start sliding. I know he's getting compliments for Angry Man runs on Good Morning Football, bro. You're not going to be in the league long. He got absolutely tattooed Monday night, Jason, uh, trying to tackle somebody after throwing a pick. Right. But also just running the football. And I know he's a good athlete, but dude, this is the NFL. You just can't take those shots. You can take it every now and then. You ask Lamar Jackson, you, you can't take those shots. Well, he, he got his confidence up because he ran over Jalen Ramsey. I Did saw you, that. You, and Jalen <laughs> let it, but Jalen still popped him. Yeah. And you saw where Jalen Ramsey popped up and, and let him know. He's like, you know, because you, you almost have to be a little hesitant when you're coming in as a corner or a safety. And Jalen Ramsey's a, a big dude for that. I mean, he's filled out for that position. But when they made that collision, there's all a lot of times there's a little bit of a hesitation on the defensive side when you're coming in on a quarterback. Oh, yeah. Especially when you're closing in. No doubt. And a, and a secondary player, right? Um, but you could tell, you know, it was, yeah, you could say Levis got the a little bit better, but Levis got popped on that too. And, and Ramsey brought the, whew, he brought the wood. But man, is he, is Levis jacked or he what? He is jacked, man. The, the kid's an athlete. I mean, Kentucky you know, didn't do a good job developing him at all because they don't believe in quarterback play. At Again, Stoops loves the line of scrimmage and loves defense and loves pounding the rock, and I give him credit. And he's going to make $70 million at Kentucky, so it's more than me. So I can't, you know, he can have multiple homes and a plane, and he's rocking. Um, but by damn, they they want to win 14 to 9. Oh, yeah. You know, now, uh, back to angry, Will Angry Runs Levis. Dude's got to get down. You think he's actually got like big time potential, or just kind of kind of solid uh, spot start potential if he cannot get injured and and hang around, or is it too early? It might be too early, but you know I could see him as like a you know Ryan Tannehill kind of guy. You know, in the right situation, he's the starter, and you know the same way. Say if he goes somewhere else, he might a couple years he might be a backup or Gardner Minshew, okay. for instance. I could see him being on the okay. same level as Gardner Minshew. Okay. Because, you know, give him a shot, put him in the right situation. He'll go, you know, seven and six as a starter. You know, he'll he'll give you like a, not 500, just a little above. You know, but nothing, I mean, I don't see him as I think like he's a, slightly below. Slightly below? Yeah, so okay. I think if you're going to round it off like that, um, I think he's more of a, you know, if he starts that many games, he's more of a three and five as a starter. Three, five and seven, Four something and five, like that. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, but I go, may be wrong. I mean, maybe he wasn't coached like he needed to be in college. He's still early in his career at the NFL. Those coaches are made. I mean, you got like six quarterback coaches. All you you have all the time in the world to work on your game and refine what you need to do. So we'll see who's right. I can't. You know, you believe he's slightly above five hundred. I think he's below five hundred. But I do think he can win you a couple of games. I do think he needs to get down though. Oh, or yeah. he's going to end up in the hour or on the hour yeah no doubt all right the out of bounds show is brought to you by the amazing sound systems and video walls powered by sound com a v.com and that is sound and communications you need a video wall for your law firm technology firm cpa firm business SoundcomAV.com. you need a sound system for your football field or baseball field gymnasium amphitheater sound com 
RandallAV.com. Randall Agee, former Southern Miss offensive lineman, played with Nick Mullins, coached by Todd Monken. Coming up next on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. Good morning. Welcome in to the Out of Bounds Show. ESPN 105.9 The Zone. Line of scrimmage week on the Out of Bounds Show. LOS, man. We're live in the Bank Plus studio. And uh, Jason's wearing um, flannel. Is that right, Jason? Is that plaid slash flannel? Yeah, it's like woodsman style. Yeah, you you look like you could be... um, I think you could be a lumberjack in eastern Iowa Ooh, this morning. Paul Bunyan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I you, could dig that. Yeah. Uh, have you ever been to Iowa? I have not. Do I yeah. need to? No, I went once. And uh, the only reason why I went is Omaha, Nebraska. I was at the College World Series. And uh, I needed some pants because I'd flown out from Panama City. And I mm. wasn't packed and ready to stay in Omaha for the CWS for seven days. Yeah, not at all. And I had to take an Uber across the river and across the river's Iowa. And I had to go to Dick's Sporting Goods to get some pants. So, so that's, that's your one experience in Iowa? Well, I want to check pants. boxes, you know, <laughs> stay. and so that I, and I, once, you know, I was there for about 15 minutes and I was good to go. Well, I mean, that's so you don't need people, to go. OK. Yeah. All right. I'll stay clear. Of You're Iowa. good. I've been to Idaho, so. That's pretty. I think barren. Idaho's cooler. That's pretty barren. Hiking and the river. I mean, not that I. I'm, I'm sure I was a wonderful place. I'm just having fun. Um, but anyway, you look like somebody. Like I said earlier, that would be on a a front of a grits box in 1984, or a box of flapjacks, or a box Big of flapjacks in 1981. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. With a hard hat. Yeah, now we're talking. Yeah. I like that. You look like you'd be leading a group to cut down trees today yep. all throughout southern Wisconsin. My aluminum lunch pail? Absolutely. <laughs> we're on the same page here. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's hardcore flannel <laughs> plaid, and I'm loving it. It's got, I guess it's a little old. Mi- no, nah, it's more it's darker red. It's, no, it's, uh, a, it's an orange. It's like a burnt orange. Burnt orange. And I'm trying to think what team I can put pair that with. Almost browns. I got to think about it for a second. All right. Out of bounds, 105.9 The Zone, ESPN, brought to you by Independent Roofing Systems, the number one commercial industrial roofing company in Mississippi, roofing.ms. We want to welcome in former Southern offensive, Southern Miss offensive lineman, Randall Agee, and he joins us on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. Uh, Randall Agee, good morning. How are you, buddy? Good morning, Bo. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks for jumping on. Where are you right now? Oh, man. Um, so I'm actually, I live in Terrytown, Louisiana, and uh, I teach at a middle school over here and coach at uh, a high school in the district. Um, don't let them pick on you too much for wearing flannel, man, because we have a ugly sweater day at work, so I got my nice Christmas sweater on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now we're did, talking. Did we really catch you on uh, ugly sweater day at work today? I got, I got that nice one from Walmart with the dinosaur on it. Oh, incredible. You'll have to send us a pic after the show. Will you do that? Absolutely. Okay. Now, what do you coach there? So, um, over here I teach PE, but at the high school, um, I coach linebackers, and I'm the defensive coordinator over there. Nice. For us. Middle school is Liberty Middle. The high school is Patrick F. Taylor Science and Technology Academy. It's the uh, number one academic public school in the state. Dang, Randall. 
Okay. <laughs> and tell me the town again. Oh, uh, this is in Terrytown. And what is it's uh unincorporated area of Jefferson Parish on the West Bank, um, borders Algiers. Okay. Okay. Um, wow, you're at the top public school academically in this in the state. That congratulations. That's awesome. What do you teach? Uh PE. Okay. Health and physical education, if I'm being technical about it, you know. Good, good, good. All right. So tell me this. Who recruited you? Who was the lead assistant coach? Or head coach, who was the lead coach that recruited you to Southern Miss? So, um, I played over here at Jesuit High School in New Orleans, and um, I was undersized of six foot two forty playing center. So, I was actually a walk on to the two thousand eleven team uh, under Larry Fedora. Okay. So, uh, I was a walk on offensive lineman over there under Fedora. And then we had that next year with uh, Ellis Johnson. Oh, gosh. You know. So, yeah, we're all that roller coaster, man. I, I, very few people could say they've been on one of the best teams in the school history and the worst team in the school history, but one of the lucky few. Wow. So, um, got to uh, do those and not knock Ellis Johnson. Um, you know, there's a lot of things that went wrong that year um, that were out of character for the school and the program. But, um, you know, that was a tough year. And, you know, it, it's tough when you're a head guy because things get tagged on to you, right? Um, cause you, you can't say too much bad about him because the following year he's over at, uh, was it Auburn coaching a national title game? So it's not like he's a terrible coach. He's not, he's a fantastic defensive coach. It just didn't, like you said, it didn't work out that year. Exactly. A lot of things factor in. And it, it is hard to follow someone who has had so much success out of school the, the prior year. You know I mean? He followed Fedora who was coming off of a 12 and I want to say we were 12 and two that year with a mm-hmm. championship and a bowl game, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it's hard to follow that. And then, you know, the following season, uh, Coach Munkin came in and, um, you know, he kind of rebuilt everything and brought us back up. And uh, Nick, I want to say, was a true freshman, Munkin's first year. And, um, you know, so we kind of worked our way through. And, you know, the team kind of built up around those guys that had been there through that up and down because that, that's pretty tough. You know, I think that's one of the things that helped us have a lot of success. But, yeah, Munkin uh, was the guy who signed me to a scholarship. Okay. So I bring the, um, my red shirt sophomore year, uh, we had some things kind of fall through with certain players where things didn't really work out with them. And between that and just work I've been putting in, got found myself ended up being a starter for the last couple of weeks of the season. And uh, going into the off season, uh, he called me up right around this time. And uh, if you've ever met Munkin, you know he's got a unique way of phrasing things sometimes. And told me how he felt about uh, feeling like Santa Claus calling guys and offering some scholarships out. So I uh, was very lucky and excited to get that phone call. And uh, you know, worked my butt off and held on to that for the last three years after that. Uh, yeah, you did. It's a great story. Another great story. Randall Ag from walk on to scholarship to a heck of a year in 2015 at uh at southern miss but it, it took all right expand on you said his approach and unique way of kind of talking to y'all and dealing with players expand on that a little bit randall so he he comes from a coaching family right so his, his dad's a coach his brother's a coach and and he, it, was, it was cool too because looking back on it trying to you know i'm relatively young in my coaching career i've only been doing this eight years you know, so to see someone who's had that background and see them, he had an incredible career as a receivers coach and a coordinator and uh, other position coaches. And then to see him as a first-time head coach 
and knowing that one day I would hope to be a head coach too. So just to be able to pay attention to kind of how he grew in that role, right, uh, was special. But just he was very business-oriented. You know, you have different ways that different head coaches approach, um, you know, and, and I'm not trying to talk any type of way about anybody, but if you compared him to, let's just say, Hobson who came after him, great coach, different philosophy, right? Hobson was very big on family, um, very big on, you know, we're in this together, we're a group of brothers, you know, through thick and thin. And not that Munkin wasn't about, you know, we do things together and you take care of each other, but the approach is business-oriented. And I actually um, – did you see the um, interview with him? Was it with Georgia? When uh, you talked about that? No, no. Tell me about it. So there was an interview, and he pointed out – I forget exactly what was brought up, but at the end of the day, he pointed out at the end of the day, this is a business. You know, if things go a certain way and we don't perform, you know, I'm going to be looking for a job. You know, if certain guys don't develop, you know, they're not going to be the guy that's starting, you know. And so he, he brought that in, and I think the guys we had really took to that and really clung to that, That, and the assistants he brought in were big in helping build that culture too, that, you know, this is a business. Yeah, we love each other. Yeah, we're going to take care of each other. We're a family. You don't let your family slack because when your family's not looking good, they're making you look bad, right? If your family looks bad, you look bad. And you don't do things to make yourself look bad because vice versa, you're making the family look bad, right? But at the same time, this is all a business, right? This is how he feeds his family. Sure. This is how our assistant coaches feed their families. This is how we're paying for our education. And if we do this right, we're getting paid one way out of another out of this. Either we're going to have an opportunity if you're one of those guys that were talented enough, um, like Rashad Hill or Nick Mullins or uh, Jalen Rashard, Edo Smith, one of those guys, Mike Thomas, um, you know, if this is what you're good enough at doing, you're going to end up being able to feed your family in the future from being able to play football, right? If you're a guy like me or, you know, several other guys that play interscholastic athletics at the collegiate level, you're going to be able to feed your family because you were able to pay for this education now by doing this and sacrificing your time and efforts with this to help pay for your education. And you're going to be able to take that into a career and take the life skills and lessons you've learned through this into that career to have further success. Um, you know, so the, the business aspect and talking about how, you know, everything's serious, everything has a purpose. One one story I remember he talked about specifically, and, um, you know, I think a lot of guys took it to heart was early on. Um, this was probably our first camp with him. He talked about one of his first coaching jobs with his dad. We didn't know it was his dad at first. He just said, you know, one of my first coaching jobs, I was at a, a high school, and I had to do um, – had the uh, assignment that our head coach gave us that I didn't think was very important. He had me go and, you know, you put a bulletin board up and you put some, some calendars on and some motivational phrases. And uh, the head coach told me he wanted me to make a border, go cut some stuff out of magazines, football players, good players, uh, team logos and stuff and, and make a border around this with it. So I went and cut a couple pieces out and, um, you know, I didn't take it too seriously because this isn't, this, this isn't football, right? I'm just decorating. This isn't important. You know, so I did it kind of kind of halfway, you know, half-butted it. And uh, the head coach called me out and said, is this – are you proud of this? And he says – he said, uh, well, I mean, you know, it's, it's not anything big. You know, I, I think it came out looking okay. And the coach said, I just want you to know this is what you put your name on. When you did this, you did this job. This is what you put your name on. This is what you're saying represents you and your work ethic and who you are. And I'm going to tell you right now, this doesn't look good. If you want – to be perceived as someone who is good, hardworking, talented, all those things, everything has to be done 
in a manner that is going to look that way. And he was like, you wonder who that person was? That was my dad. And everyone kind of got real quiet. And he's like, so if my dad's willing to tell me that, imagine what your future employer, your future coaches right. are going to think when you're there and you don't give everything you got and you sell yourself halfway. And uh, that kind of stuck all the way through. Wow, that was powerful. Um, you're going to be successful. Uh, Randall, I mean, you are successful. You're going to be even more successful. Rand, Randall Agee, uh, former offensive lineman at Southern Miss, uh, was part of the rebuild with uh, Todd Munkin and Nick Mullins, and they would end up going 9-5, uh, and 7-1 and one in the conference. Just had a heck of a year and, and go to a heck of a bowl game. But it was not easy with the Ellis Johnson year. And then Munkin went, I think I've got this right, 1-11 and 11 and 3-9 and nine his first two years. Um, and then they, they flipped it. Uh, Randall Agee, former Southern Miss O-lineman, joining us on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. When did you, as this all, y'all are building, you go from walk-on to scholarship player. Uh, Todd Munkin brings this business-like approach. Uh, I'm gathering very detail-oriented. When did you um, realize that Nick Mullins could be a special football player at Southern Miss? I mean, the the difference he made the first time he stepped on the field, we had a, a guy who transferred in, um, I can't remember his name, but he had transferred in from Cal. And uh, we were struggling that year to get some wins. We we got a win early on against um, Alcorn, I think, or that might have been the next year. Um, offensive lineman, man, former offensive lineman. The memory gets a little fuzzy sometimes, you know. <laughs> um, but uh, we had – the other guy starting and then about halfway through he was a, a transfer senior right so graduate senior about halfway through the year coach decided to make the switch and all of a sudden you start seeing the offense productivity go up and um you know Munkin's thing is he's never going to put somebody in a position where they're not going to have success you know he's always going to try to work towards the talent of the, what the players have right that we most coaches call and you probably heard the term uh your maximal skill set your measurable skill set Right, so he's always going to put guys in success with that. So, when he was able to put Nick in, and we were able to have success early with a, a true freshman, I mean, it wasn't like he had a real shot to redshirt. He came in and he had a camp and what maybe four or five weeks, I think six weeks, and then he's thrown into the fire. I forget which game it was. Um, I think the other guy got a concussion mid-game, and Nick had to step up, and uh, you know he took off from there, and and that made you realize he was going to be good. But there's a difference between what you ask between being good and being special. And one of the things, I mean, just to talk about how special he was, there was a couple times, uh, and this is going to talk about off-the-field characteristics more so than what he did on the sure. field. Because anybody can be, you know, go out there and be incredibly talented, but that only takes you so far. It's the things that you do not on the field and the, and the, what's the word I'm looking for? The um, intangibles. Intangibles that really set you apart, right? So, we would be – I would go get my, my – you know, they do the little team dinner for everybody. I would go get my plate, and I'd go find a meeting room, and I'd watch film because walk on, right, you got to do the extra things, trying to stay on top of everything, stay competitive. And there was two or three times where I'd walk in a room, and there'd be no one else in the building. I'd walk in a room, and Nick was in there. I'm like, oh, shoot, let me go find another room. So I'd find another one. A couple of days later, I'd be in a room. Nick would open the door. Oh, shoot, my bad, man. 
And there were times we, – we didn't do it too often. There was times that we would watch them together. But, you know, you're watching different things as a lineman and a quarterback. So there wasn't too many times that we would watch together. But that there was only two or three of us still in the building, and he was one of them. You know, that tells you right there he's preparing. And, you know, it, you know people talk about luck, and I think you have to have some luck to win games. But luck is when preparation meets opportunity, you know. And I don't think Nick was ever not prepared for when those opportunities came for him. The second thing that I really think makes him better and makes him one of the greater players to come out of Southern Miss was that the the, the man's tough. I mean, I remember 2016. I, I want to say he threw for 300 and something yards again in three touchdowns against UTSA with a compound fracture in his right hand. Good grief. Yeah, the, the, the guy's a freak. Like, he, he's incredibly tough. I've never met a guy more determined to win and – you know, tougher than he is, more determined to go out and do what he can for a team. And, and that's part three. I mean, I didn't even include that in my initial thought list, but he he's not a selfish guy. I mean, he'll go out there, he'll build you up, he'll he'll try he'll spread the ball around different players. Um, you know. He he goes out there and he and going back to some things Munkin would talk about, he's a guy who embraces his role. You know, um that was a big thing we had at Southern Miss. That was his uh Coach Munkin's mantra back then was embrace your role, and he would embrace it. He'd come out. He's a quarterback. He's got to be a leader. Have you ever met Nick? No, I want to. <laughs> so uh, Nick Nick's a relatively quiet guy, um, but you know he embraces that role that he has to be a, a vocal leader at times as a quarterback. But he more so, in my opinion, is a lead by example guy. And uh, you know he'll get you coached up. He'll, he'll have you doing the right things. And he leads by example. He'll build you up. If you make a mistake, he's not a guy that's going to sit there and beat you down and tell you all the things you did wrong. He's one of those guys that comes up and says, Hey man, you're better than that. And you know what you did. You know what you did wrong. You know how to fix it. Let's go. Let's go get it on the next play. You know, that that's Nick. And it, he's one of those guys that you want to rally around and play hard for, you know? And um, it, it, it says something about him with his NFL career. You know, he, he's been a backup who's been lucky enough to have, and like we said, lucky meets preparation, meets opportunity, right? But he's had those opportunities to play at everywhere he's been, just about. Um, he was with the Browns for a while, I know, with the Vikings right now, the Eagles and the 49ers, and I want to say he's had an opportunity to get on the field everywhere. And whether or not they've won the games he's been in, they've always had an opportunity to win those games with him playing. And the fact that he's bounced around the multiple teams there's a lot of plays. There's a lot of times where you see guys get on a roster and for whatever reason, either they're not a fit anymore. The money's not there for the organization. Something's not a fit anymore. And somebody leaves, you don't always see somebody pop back up. And Nick has consistently popped back up, which tells you right there that there's something about him that helps the team be successful. And I think that that aspect is the amount of preparation and toughness he has and his charisma with the team that helps bring guys together where he's always ready to go in. Guys are going to rally around him and he embraces that role. He may be a backup. And, you know, this is part of what Monkin would say too. You know, you embrace your role, but that doesn't mean you have to accept it. And what that means is you might be a backup right now, but you don't have to accept being a backup. You can prepare to be a starter. You can do all the things that you need to do to play. So when you have that opportunity, you know, that's who you are now, you know, and I think Nick does a great job of incorporating that. Wow, Randall Agee, uh, Southern, former Southern Miss offensive lineman. He he and others uh, went through the you know tough part of losing a lot of games, and then they flipped it while they were there, and Southern Miss ended up having an unbelievable year. 
as they wrapped up their careers. He was on the offensive line when Nick Mullins was there. Todd Munkin rebuilt the program and did one one hell of a job and just sharing the stories of what happened behind the scenes at Southern Miss to uh, to flip that program and get it back winning. That's all I remember them doing when I was growing up is uh, is winning and winning big, starting with Reggie Collier all the way through Favre and Jeff Bowers and so on, Jeff Bauer and so on. Um, Randall joins us on the Farm Bureau Insurance guest line. What was it like as y'all put it all together, Randall? You, you, you'd gone through hell. You know, you'd lost a ton of games. It's tough to keep, I would have to believe, keep going to therapy, keep going to the weight room, keep going in the off season. You hadn't won a lot of games. What was it like when it flipped and you went seven and one in the conference and had that great year? Like you said, it was tough. There were times where, you know, you go to class and teachers say, hey, how y'all going to do in the game this week? And you sit there and you're like, I, I, I'm going to be honest, I don't know anymore. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, you, you, it's not just, I don't think that there was any ever a point where the guys on the team didn't believe in each other. And in fact, the turnaround would have been faster than it appeared to everybody who was a spectator. We, um, the year we went, was it three and what was the three win season? What was the other side of that? What's that? Three, three and nine. nine. Yeah. So the year we went three and nine, we had a good group and all of a sudden about we got that third win. I want to say it was against North Texas and guys just started falling off. We had injury after injury after and Nick messed up his ankle. Um, I had messed up my knee. Um, we had a couple, we had like three or four ACL tears that year. And, um, you know, we had a couple of torn labrum guys. Like we just had our AC joints. I mean, we had just had guys who just, it, it was like everything was set up to be a very special turnaround season. And it just wasn't meant to be yet. Um, you know, and there's several guys who have talked about that with that season from that team. Um, but the the biggest thing with the turnaround was just getting everybody and coach Munkin said it. I mean, he said it in an interview back then, you know, he, he bought into Southern Miss and he wanted the job, you know, that, that 2012 year. And, you know, for whatever reason, they chose to go with coach Johnson and brought him back, brought coach Munkin on the next year. But I mean, to apply for that job twice, I mean, outside of being an Oklahoma state offensive coordinator and that being Southern Miss's MO for a long time. Right. Um, <laughs> you know, he applied for that job and got it and applied for it twice. So, you know, he definitely wanted to be there. And I mean, the amount of sacrificing he did, he took a pay cut from what the other two previous head coaches had gotten. Um, you know, so then part of that was so he could hire better assistant coaches. Wow. Um, and I think that was a big difference maker. But with that, you know, everybody put into it and the guys never stopped believing in each other. And like I was about to say, Coach Munkin, you know, he bought into what Southern Miss was. It was hardworking guys and a fan base that was diehard and would never drop off. And I think a part of it was just getting everybody to believe that this was possible again. Because, yeah, as a player, you're sitting there saying, yeah, I can do this, I can do it. But, you know, you go out and you lose a close game and you go, darn, man. And I forget, I think it was – um. Who was the, the coach for a long time at Florida State? He just passed away not too long Bobby ago. Bowden. Bowden. You know, Bowden said, you know, you go from losing by a lot to losing by a little, little to winning by a little, winning by a lot, you know? Hey. And I think it, he really pushed that through. Randall Agee, former Southern Miss offensive lineman, part of the uh, big rebuild and turnaround down there with Todd Munkin and Nick Mullins. And uh, he blocked for Nick Mullins, and they had a great year in 2015 randall ag uh this was a pleasure man thank you so much uh, you got a hell of a future in front of you and that was a fun interview and we hope to catch up with you again soon 
Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Randall Ag on the Out of Bounds Show. Lunch today brought to you by Bulldog Burger in Ridgeland, Startville, and Tupelo. If you missed anything, go to Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Search Out of Bounds with Bow Bounds. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure.